Welcome to The Personal Path, the go-to podcast for input on making improvements to the areas of school, sports, and personal development. And as always, today's episode is going to be brought to you by your host, me, Xavier. So I'd like to start off by stating that I do have some big news. I'm excited to announce that the recording of this podcast is going to also be available on YouTube, hence the video format, because that's right, it's going to be produced visually and audibly, so it's still going to be available on Spotify, it's still going to be accessible also on Anchor and the other distributed platforms. However, in an attempt to spread accessibility of my podcast, hopefully grow that user count and listener count, um, I want to produce more content that you guys can enjoy and that's why I'm putting out content onto YouTube as well because it's a little easier to find that type of stuff. I know a lot of people are used to watching YouTube videos so it's going to be easier for you to access that. And if you're interested in checking out my YouTube channel that's going to be located in the show notes. I'll have the link pasted down there and it can also be accessed from my Instagram page at XavierMaza underscore. That will also be linked in the show notes. So following that up, you may be wondering where I have been over the last few weeks, and I'll kind of explain why I haven't been posting for the last, I think, six or seven weeks. And I'll preface this, I've really enjoyed the podcasting process, I really do. However, I've had a lot of schedule conflict currently uh, with school, work, and studying, and sports as well. And it's all really kind of just collided together and I realized I don't have enough time for all the things going on in my life and I need to set some time aside, think through what's the most important to me at this moment and focus solely on that. And I ended up making a few cuts. Podcasting just happened to be one of them. And now that I have a bit more time on my hands at the moment, I am excited to be back here and working on the podcasting sessions again and in the future i 100 percent intend to be more consistent with my podcast uploading um schedule and stay uh, all i can say really is just stay posted and continue following the page to try and figure out when the newest episodes are going to be because i do not have a consistent schedule established as of right now it is completely tentative at the Every two weeks I'll be posting, but do expect for more episodes to be coming in the weeks in the future. So, on to the topic of today's episode. As you can likely guess from the title, it is about running. So, I understand that running is a difficult sport to get into, and there's a lot of turnoffs, mainly the immense quantity of energy that you have to put into the sport and also cramping. I do not like cramps. Uh, That is probably one of the worst things I've ever had to experience when running. You're just trying to go up a huge hill. Maybe you just have so much energy left in you, or at least you're you're burning out on your last set, and then bang, it hits you like in the side, and it just sucks the energy out of you. So somehow, despite these turnoffs, I myself find myself running races from week to week on the school cross-country team and also just in my free time is practice i just enjoy it so let me back up a little bit and explain my background in cross-country kind of give you an idea as to how i got into the sport 
So my sophomore year of high school, I was encouraged by a friend to join the cross country team. And believe me, I was a bit skeptical, skeptical because I had never run before aside from the fitness tests, which I did in middle school. I did one in freshman year, but it was, it was one mile maximum. The requirements that you have to meet in cross country is you have to run at least 3.1 miles, which is a 5k race. And I was not prepared to run three times the distance that I had already learned to run consecutively. It was mind-blowing for me. But despite this, I joined the team, and my first year ended up being insanely fun. I had a great team, great coach, and I started out the season with a 34-and-a-half-minute 5K, which is, I guess, good for a guy starting out his first time. And by the end of the season, with all my practice and training that I put in, I was able to bring my time down to, I believe, about 25 and a half minutes. That was a nine minute time reduction on my 5K time, and I was really proud of that. I still am proud of that. I'm happy for that type of progress that I was able to make in improving my skills as a runner. So unfortunately, the cross country season is extremely short. So one thing to try and counteract that is by spending a lot of training in the off season, and that's exactly what I did. I trained in the winter and in the fall and I trained in the spring, but I neglected the summer. That was a big mistake because summer gives you probably the best time of year to prepare. You're running extreme heat and once this cross country season eventually does start, you're going to be running in about 90 to 100 degree weather, which is kind of ridiculous if you think about it, but it's what you got to do if they're not going to cancel the meet you have to be ready to run in that type of heat so as i said cross country season is super short you have a lot of time to be training in the off season and that's what i did in my junior year i worked my butt off again and i attended all the practice practices and meets reducing my time overall from about 25 and a half minutes to 21 minutes and 26 seconds for my best 5k time and that's currently my standing best time. I have yet to beat that this year. And again, in the off season, I skipped training in the summer, but I still hit fall, winter, and spring. I guess it was just because I don't like the heat. I am a winter person or a fall person. I prefer wearing bundles of clothing. That's my thing. So currently I'm in my senior year and it's in full swing and to try and surpass myself at that time I've already set as my personal record being 21 minutes and 26 seconds, I have established a training program that I plan to share with you guys in this podcast. So all that being said, I expect that those of you listening are already runners. Some of you might be avid runners. Some of you might just be beginners, or you might also be somebody who's interested in starting to run. And because of that, I don't feel the need to marvel all of, over all of the benefits that you can get from running. There's no need to state like the health benefits or um, whatever else. This is solely geared towards um, providing a starting point and creating realistic achievements that have aided me in my journey as an athlete. So what is considered an achievable goal? Because as 
the topic of today's video states, it is goal setting and motivation for runners. Before anything else, you need to ask yourself, what do I want to achieve from running? Maybe it could be to lose weight, build endurance for another sport, be it hockey, soccer, baseball, football, I can, the list goes on. Or it could be an overall faster runner. Maybe you want to run triathlons. Maybe you want to just get better at your 5K time or impress some person. Uh, who knows? The reason is subjective and it is entirely up to you. But for instance, when I ask myself this question, I know by heart that my true desire with running is to become faster. I enjoy the sport and I know that there's this internal challenge that I face where I always want to be better than myself. No matter how the other people on my team perform or how the competitors perform, I am focused on being faster and stronger than I was the time before. That's the whole point in um, my personal battle when I'm running. You don't need to be as fast as Usain Bolt. Rather, you want to see small improvements, or at least I do. I want to see small improvements every time I attend a race. So next question to ask yourself is how do I attain my goal? Once again, I will use the example of how I wanted to become faster. So ever since I started running, the way I would try and track progress is I would keep a journal of each run I went for. And this would help me know, okay, I've taken this step towards my goal by running this many times every week. So if I wanna create some sort of tangible goal for myself, I would say, okay, in this week, I plan to run three different times for three miles each. That way I am getting into practice. I'm having um, just practice. So as I said, I'm getting practice with getting to run and building up my endurance. I'm getting used to running a distance of three miles and when I was done with each individual run I would log it in that journal I would keep track of the distance that I ran and the date and this allowed me to have a tangible representation of the progress that I was making so it's important that you actually know and keep track of the progress because it could be easy to lose track of it you can get caught up in trying to pursue this goal and Forget that you need to keep track of the progress along the way because it's not just the destination that matters, it's also the journey. Being able to see yourself improve in small increments is itself evidence of progress and you need to be able to celebrate that with yourself and don't be so hard um, just because you can't reach a goal immediately. And that's something I always am reminding myself of and I find it to be very helpful in the end game. So using this journal, I was able to gauge how I'd improved and how much of a step up would be required, as I said, to reach the next goal that I would set for myself. So in 2021, which is this year's season, I'm 100% certain that I will be able to run a 5K in less than 20 minutes because of the training program that I've set up for myself. And I say that with 100% confidence, I know I'm going to be able to hit sub 20 and I'm just going to keep training as hard as I can following that schedule and till I can make it happen. And I know it will. So in terms of the types of goals that should be made, um, I would say for one, 
it's better not to make an abstract goal because it's just hard to follow. Telling yourself that you should run more is very vague. It's not going to be tangible. You can't really say, okay, I'm going to run more this week. How much? Like, how, how far are you going to run? What days are you going to run? Um, like, <laughs> is, what type of weather are you going to run in? Excuse me. And on top of that, you need to understand that goals don't just happen because you write them down. It's the effort that matters, and you need to put it in. You need to actually put your nose to the grindstone and try harder than you did the previous time to improve. That's how improvements happen. By getting better, you need to understand what type of limitations you have and work your, your hardest to surpass them. All right, let's transition into the next part that I have, and that is going to be achieving the goal. And in this section, I'm going to be talking about the benefits of pre-planning your runs. So I'm going to be sharing my experiences of tracking my runs and the effects that it had on my training and the development of future goals. So when I started running, it I noticed at the beginning that I was being very inconsistent with the distances that I was running. I was sometimes running about a mile to two miles. At the races, I would be running three miles, but every time I trained, I wasn't pushing myself. I wasn't going as hard as I could. And I noticed that I wasn't really making any improvements. And that's when I started to make my weekly runs, like just planning them out ahead of time every week. And that was about two years ago when I started doing that. And the improvements became extremely noticeable when I started setting up a tailored plan because it is designed to produce results specific to you. For me, I knew that I needed to start running longer distances to be able to push harder at the end of my races and hopefully be able to pass a couple of people for a higher place so that our team has a better position overall in the team rankings. And that, that really helped me understand what type of training that I need to be doing, and that would be to run longer distances. I would set it so that I'm running about 3.1 to 3.4 miles. And uh, overall, I would say that this helps to track your progress and for you to train accordingly to improve according to your current performance. Because as I said earlier, the best way to actually improve is understanding what your handicap is and where your limitations lie and then pushing beyond that okay so knowing without having to think about when to run is really good that's another benefit of the schedule because you know okay when i plan out my week i'm going to run this day this day this day and this day at this time each day okay so now it's set in your head you don't even have to think about it when the time comes this creates one less reason for you to make an excuse and tell yourself, oh, I, I don't have time. If you set time in the, like, if you take the time to set apart a time slot in your schedule to run, you have no excuse to skip it. And this is essential because even, even by setting out a running outfit ahead of time, it eliminates a reason to skip out on the training because as, as humans, we are prone to making excuses because we just don't feel like doing something at the time, even if it benefits us in the future. And I think that just 
trying to eliminate the reason to create excuses is just one of the best ways that you can push yourself towards actually achieving these goals. Also, one of the other benefits of having a predetermined time to run that you've prepared ahead of time is that it allows you to eat a sufficient snack well in advance. For me, that would be two hours before a run so that you have time to digest and that helps you avoid cramps in the future. For me, I will usually understand that a race day, maybe it's at like three o'clock, I will eat probably like a banana and a snack bar or maybe an apple and some crackers at one. And I know I'm gonna be satisfied, it's going to fill me up and my body has plenty of time to digest it so it's not still being digested in my stomach as I run, sloshing around, because believe me, that is absolutely uncomfortable. I've had a couple of races before in the future where during the middle of them, I'm having a really good pace. I'm doing well, and I feel like I'm challenging myself and pushing myself forward. And then all of a sudden, I get hit by a really sharp pain in my side. And it's really frustrating to think about that because you can't control what happens to you in the race, but what you can do is prepare yourself ahead of time to try and avoid this type of um, inhibitant, which prevents you from pushing your hardest because when you're in pain during the middle of the run, it's going to be very difficult to try and continue pushing forward. So in addition to eating well in advance, drinking plenty of water to prevent these cramps, um, Another piece of advice I would give for your goal setting and schedule making is to avoid running daily because last year, as I realized from experience, when I was running every single day, about three miles a day, I was absolutely exhausted and I was not able to perform my greatest and best effort at the races that I was attending because I was just gassed out by the time that the races came along. And the best way to just avoid this overall is to give yourself rest periods in between days that you're training. And I 100% would recommend this. I'm currently implementing this in my training program. And usually I'll run for one day. I'll take a rest day off and then I'll run the next day. And this just gives time for the muscles to recover and grow stronger. It gives time for your body overall to just feel well rested and also, if you're doing weight training simultaneously as you run, not to say that you're lifting weights as you run, but if so, like one day you're going to be doing an arms or legs workout and then also a run, I would recommend doing the run afterwards so that you have more energy in reserve for the workout and then you can complete the run. And overall, I would also recommend not running on the same day as a leg workout. I'll give about two days recovery because as I'm currently doing resistance and weight training, I've realized that leg workouts are very, very tiring, not just for your legs, but for your entire body. And I just need plenty of time to rest and recover. And I would recommend that everyone else does as well because it's not that smart to be just trying to brace consistently without being well equipped for the task and the best way to be prepared for that is just rested and hydrated another part of setting up a schedule is 
creating checkpoints along the pathway that you're planning to be running. This isn't so much the schedule that I'm discussing at this point, but rather setting up in your mind, or at least maybe by moving rocks along the trail to create visual indicators, just markers of how far you've run. So that way, when you pass by it, you know how much of a distance is left in that run. And you're able to gauge how much farther you need to go. And this is what I've found to be amazing because it allows me to continue pushing myself harder. If I feel like all of the energy is sapped out of me by the time I've reached about three miles and I see that three mile marker, I'm going to give it my all when I see that because I know that I have about 0.1 miles left to go and I can grind that out really quickly just by running as fast as I can towards the end and it just feels amazing to finish my races that way and I would definitely recommend that. Move, you can move rocks along the trail to mark this. You can just take note of the buildings surrounding you while you're running or the forest or wherever else on the trail and just keep in mind. So that is a conclusion of today's episode. I hope that all of you found that helpful. If you are interested in staying updated with my posts to this show and as well as my YouTube channel, make sure to follow me on Spotify uh, the personal path on my Instagram at Xavier Maza underscore and the YouTube channel, which is also the personal path. All of the links will be posted in the show notes for you to access and be able to subscribe, follow, what else, whatever else you may do. I hope that this information that was shared is useful to whatever areas of life you may be applying it. And I wanted to say thank you for listening. And until next time, Xavier, out.